Hey everybody, welcome to the Mirko Movie Guys. I'm Clint Chaffer and this is my buddy Chad Weeks. We're a couple guys who like movies and like to talk about movies. Clint, who are we going to talk to tonight? Today we're going to be talking to Laura Baston all the way from London. Yep, absolutely. Reaching out across the pond, taking time out of her busy schedule. Uh, she's done a ton of movies. Uh, very... An excellent actor, and like uh, I think again, Hollow is my favorite of hers. I don't know about yourself, but like I feel like that movie was was perfect, and she did a great job in it. So. She, I, I just can't stress enough how big of a fan I am of hers. Absolutely, I, I, I think uh, just you, you asked me what my favorite is. I don't even know if I can say because she's yeah. just done a, a an yep. amazing job in all of these. Uh, wrote Old Windows, and that thing is getting a ton of awards. I think she just got uh, Best Actor uh, yeah. award in, in sure from that. She did. I'm sure she did. I think this is because uh, she's got a couple of those, doesn't she? Hadn't she? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that at all. So so a great conversation. Stick around. Be sure to hit that like button if you like this. Subscribe and uh, and leave us some comments too. So what do you say that in between, like before, from going from now till we actually interview her, we just change our entire wardrobe, facial hair and everything, and then for the the outro, we'll just change back. Go right back. Go right back. Yeah. Oh yeah. Use yeah. the mu- use the magic of movies. To create to like CGI it. Is that in the budget? I don't know. I don't think it was yeah. the budget. So is that in the budget? Yeah, I think that All can right. work. So let's do it. Let's do it. Well, hey, with that, grab your popcorn, fill up your drinks, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Mirko Movie Guys podcast here. Thanks for joining us here today. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, how about, uh, how about you introduce yourself for, uh, for our listeners uh, out here? Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm Laura Baston, and I'm an actor, actress, uh, however you prefer to say, in the UK. Um, I originate from London, from Eastern, hence my accent. But I'm now living... <laughs> in a lovely place called the Cotswolds, which is in the, in Gloucester, which isn't too far from London, to be fair. Yeah. And that's me. Very, very cool. This is, this is, this is back-to-back uh, UK interviews here, so we're, we're going to have to really uh, train our listeners to use the closed captions and stuff like that for those accents. Okay. All right, then. My accent ain't that bad, is it? No, 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 no. It's not at all. Um. So you work with Paul on uh, Hungry Joe and Hollow, correct? Yeah. Uh, how you guys seem to be doing a lot of business together? You guys work together pretty frequently. Is that is that true? You guys have a lot of uh, back and forth on your uh, co oping on different things and stuff. Yeah, sure. We've worked on quite a few little films together, but I guess the most prominent would be Hungry Joe um, and Hollow. Um, and A Girl and a Gun as well um, was a kind of precursor to that, which was Paul's first kind of drama. Um, I think prior to that, he was kind of doing comedy, um, figuring out what he was really good at. And, and it turned out he was incredibly talented, good at drama, um, gritty, very British and drama. So, yeah, we've worked on those three films and they're the most prominent ones, but we've also had a... We also did a couple of others, um, also Old Windows, and then we've got a couple uh, in the pipeline. But yeah, worked with him for a long time, like seven years, and um, I just love working with Paul. He's just brilliant, just totally gets it, and we we seem to be on the same page. Um, we're both from working class kind of backgrounds. His is different from mine, you'll understand Paul 
speaks very differently to me um is from bristol whereas i'm from east london but it doesn't matter because the sensibility is still the same and um you know you don't always find that you don't always that connection with people but with paul i just got it straight away i was very lucky yeah well, well, Laura, you know, one of the things that I've noticed on on all of uh, all the movies that we've watched of yours, which uh, you are absolutely phenomenal in uh, in every one of these movies. So just hats off to uh, to, to just the talent that you bring to the screen. Oh, so uh, start there. But uh, the, the thing that I guess I'd like to ask is these are all very heavy roles. Uh, how do you find yourself like preparing to to deep dive into some of these to just I mean, they, that, that's got to be a challenge just in itself, let alone the, the acting on screen, but just the emotional preparation, I guess, going into these. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, they are quite deep and dark. I mean, you know, um, Hungry Joe um, is quite, it's quite dark. Hollow was more emotionally <laughs> unsettling. Um I'm very, I was very lucky with both of the projects that I had the time to um, really study the script and I had the time to be given the script um, in, you know, with enough notice. Um, sometimes you don't get that, you know, you might get three weeks notice job, um, but I, ha I had that time to really think about it, to really process what was happening with the character. But also, I love that kind of work. I just find it, I don't know. I just, it's a real escape f for me. Um, and I think the darker, you know, the less makeup that you have to put on, the worse and the most, the more ugly you can look, the more interested I am in the role. Because to me, that's, that's finding the truth and, and it's relatable and it's just being honest. And that's what I think it should really be. It should always be coming from somewhere honest and truthful. Um, but that's not to say that my life is really dark and miserable. <laughs> but you have to find. Well, and that, that's that's. <laughs> to... I, I was going to say that you're you're much much more uh, uh, a bubbly person than than what your roles <laughs> roles portray, and it's kind of you know you don't you never know what to expect, but it's uh, uh not quite like I said th these are very dark roles. Uh, Hollow, uh, I think especially when I watched that one, like I I told Paul, I think that's the perfect word for that film because you yeah. you you seemed hollow. You seemed like you were missing something from your life, and that. It was very, very dark and very, I don't know, I don't know what else to say about it, but it was very, not, not what you are right now. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the, it had to be the, dark. the other thing, you said that it was, yeah, you said you, that this was emotionally uh, a trying or something to that effect uh, when, on Hungry Joe. Mm. Is that, do you feel that? Like, I know you said that it was an escape, but do you feel that it, did it take a toll on you to be that, that dark personality for, for throughout that shooting and stuff like that? Because... For Hollow, yes, it did. I mean, because really felt that to do the role justice. I mean, me personally as an actor, I'm not, I'm not a method actor. I don't, you know, go full on, you know, having to talk the accent or being that person for three months. It, it, it's more. It's kind of somewhere in between. So, for me, acting is very is a physical experience. It's not saying words out loud and hearing hearing the words resonate and it affecting the other person is fine for for some actors and it works fine for some. But for me, it has to be a very physical experience and I have to feel it from you know the soles of my to the top of my head. And I think with Hollow, the only way that I could, the only way that I could portray loss and emptiness and grief 
was to just have this physical thing of not having something. And for me, the way that that worked, I was really hungry. And I lost about two stone in weight, which is, I don't know, however you work in pounds, I lost about two stone, which is quite a lot. I've put most of it back now. And I was just consistently hungry throughout the whole shoot. And it also gave me something else for my brain to be kind of latched onto. And it gave, it made me quite anxious um, and it made me quite irritable. And I felt that that's what the character needs. And she needed to feel hollow and hungry. And, and whether that hunger for the character was the loss of her child or whether for me it was the loss of food, um, it, <laughs> it just gave me that physical attachment that I really needed. I don't know if it makes sense for most actors, but it makes sense for me. Yeah, it's it's actually funny that you say that because I, I think back to to some of those some of those different scenes and when you say like the uh, you know I was I was related to being hangry right yeah <laughs> and and irritable. I can almost see that you know like where it is like you know you, you could be more irritable you could be more you know like you think back to the don't how dare you scene from, yeah. from when he's talking to the to the vicar uh, when she when she's talking to the vicar with and, and how dare you or whatever you know like I I could totally see that it's just that quick irritability and that's one of my favorite scenes by the way just the way you responded to that that whole like it's just two people sitting there talking in a, in a church and just I, I love that scene so much I love the back and forth with you two it was it was perfect that was a great scene loved it <laughs> amazing Cole Collins is a great actor here in the UK he's very very busy guy and consistently on TV um, and he's great to work with you know really really a really really um What's an actor that gives he, he just gives you so much and um yeah yeah he's he's brilliant I can't praise him enough and loved working with him and I hope I get to again yeah so so kind of talk about that like you know you just the relationship that you have like with the other actors on set if, if you're you know you you're working with somebody uh that uh, that can really bring out a scene or that is more impromptu that you kind of got to be on your toes ready to, for them to you know improvise a little bit uh how do you kind of prepare yourself with working with just different folks on scene and also how how, how does that how that improv improvising that sort of thing how much of that comes into the the dialogue with you guys as well because i i feel like you're like lis listening to uh, old windows it seemed like your conversation was very natural and like the the, the things you said so i didn't know if it was if, if everything okay. was in the script or how much of that was actually dialogue that just you know your conversation your yeah, yeah. improvisation I think it's preparation, um, absolutely preparation, know what your lines are, knowing what your intentions are. It doesn't matter if there's a little bit of two in a room with the dialogue, if you drop a word here or if you bring up a word, as long as the intention is the same and it affects character in the same way, then it will keep you on track. But try to be as prepared as possible. Um, I don't like to run lines too much, um, in a, you know, especially in something like Hollow because it really needs to be fresh and it really needs to feel in the moment. Um, but obviously, you, you know, you do run your lines before just where you're both at, how comfortable you are. And you generally will tell straight away how you're going to deal with that actor, how quickly you're going to work together. Um, you know, and I've been really, really lucky starring in pretty much all my jobs and all my work. Every, every person that I've ever worked with has just been so generous and, um really easy to work with um yeah so i think it's just knowing knowing what you are there to do how you are going to affect the other character and being prepared and just 
just and also being prepared to be in the moment so you know if things go slightly off kilter just that ball in the air and just bring it back and probably find that it's the best take you know do you ever find, you know, like as you're working through some of that, uh, if there's differences in creative ideas on set, uh, as an actor, do you bring that up of like, hey, Paul, I think this would be a better a better thing to do? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like as far as for just some of the input, <laughs> I think it's that relationship between the, the actors and the and the director and, and every, everything else. I just think that's a, a yeah, unique yeah. dynamic. I think with Paul in particular, um, I, I do ask a lot of questions and I'll always, always talk to my directors. I, I've got a habit of going up to them and saying, right, talk to me. Uh, and letting them get off their chest what they feel the scene, you know, whatever it is we're about to do and they want it to play out. But I think with Paul, I will always go to Paul and ask a million and one questions about what's happening, why, what the character's doing, what the other character's doing, and just even silly questions. No question is a silly question, as far as I'm concerned. If it answers something, then, then you know, it might be silly to somebody else than me. It makes sense. Um, yeah, I think um, Paul's very, I mean, Paul is just, he just respects actors. He works really well with actors. And I think he puts a lot of, he puts a lot of the trust into the actor and he trusts that they're going to deliver and when you can feel that coming from the director as an actor it's it's just everything because you're completely at ease and you feel that you are able to just deliver and be in the moment rather than worrying about what they're thinking or oh, I'm this wrong or have I done that wrong I mean of course Paul will pick up on things if there's a different angle or a different you know if, we, if you've dropped something major in the dialogue you know but that you know, but but Paul Paul gives you the trust, and so you trust him back, and obviously just keep talking and keep asking questions in the run up to it. I think the minute you step on set, you should be ready to go because you've done all them questions before. Yep. But you know, things all come up in the moment, like absolutely. So so you're currently you're working on the on a new project, safe, correct? Is that what you're doing right now? Yes, yeah. Among, I know you said you were others. Got a few sort of plat spinning, but yeah, that's definitely yeah. one of the big ones. Yeah, that I'm I'm really excited. Can, about. can you give us yeah? So can you give us a little bit of an overview on what that one's about and 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 so on and so forth? Yeah, safe. So it's something that I think we can all relate to. Uh, I'm working with a cracking um, British director called Debbie Howard. Um, and she came to me with script and said, look, I really want to know what you think. And would you be willing to work with it on me, uh, with me, sorry. And I read it and I was like, yeah, absolutely. So it, it basically is dealing with um, violence against women on UK streets, which is really prevalent over at the moment. Um, there's been so many, um, you know, women just being taken off streets and consequently not coming home or being violated or being raped, this, that, and the other, all horrible stuff. Um, we want to make a really short little seven film that highlights all those microaggressions that women just have to put up with on a day-to-day -day going about their daily business. In this case, it's it's my character just trying to get home work. She's a cleaner. She wants to get on a bus, wants to go home. Um, but a guy rocks up at the bus and he starts kind of intimidating her. Um, in a way that you might think is innocent, um, but it's the way it's done and it makes her feel very uncomfortable and it makes her feel very uncertain about staying at the bus stop or getting on the bus or where is it going to end or is, is her behaviour going to antagonise this guy? Um, and so she consequently makes a decision 
And it's a decision that's either going to be a good one or a bad one. But it's a decision that's brought by these simple, seemingly simple microaggressions that women have to put up with. And we have to change our behaviour to go about doing everyday things. You know, you have to, you constantly say when you go out with a group of girls, um, how are you getting home tonight? Are you going to get home safe? How are you getting home safe? Are you getting picked up? Are you dropped off? Um, Make sure that you run. Take your keys in your hand just in case someone comes up. Have you got this? Have you, you know, I don't know that there's many guys in, you know, that have that conversation quite openly like like we do. It's just an assumption that you're that you're probably, you know, you 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 would like to think that you're going to get home safe, and nine times out of ten, thank God we we do. Um, But it's it's a bit of an assumption that you've got to bear in mind that you might not, Um, and that's really sad. You you talked to. Yeah, it is. It's it's something you, you don't really take into effect very often. The fact, like for us anyway, because that's something that you, uh, you don't realize that women have to deal with that on the regular. You know, it's one of those things like you men have to teach yeah. themselves different things. Like you know, like when you get into an elevator, uh, you know, at a hotel or whatever, make sure you hit the button first so that she doesn't think that you're. Well, you know what I'm saying, or like all these different things that you just never even consider. But women yeah. have to deal with that on a, on a regular basis, oh. and that's very. I'm I'm glad you're going down that route because that's very cool. That's I mean, that's not cool, but I'm glad that you're attacking it i guess and and, yeah. and and making it a you know it's 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 a very, very female so. fronted project um fe- you know female director and producers are all behind it um and really just to raise awareness really to try and get men to kind of think about their own behavior and think about yeah, what they yeah. seem you know as challenging or not threatening it might be to a woman that's on her own she you know correct not putting all Absolutely. men into one bracket here because there are a lot of re- you know most guys are all, are all good it's just you know but yeah but you still have to pretend you still have to consider them dangerous until you know until proven otherwise basically oh, yeah. so you know and that's like what it is yeah well, and is. you said you know i mean really focused around the uk but i mean this is this is not or, just yeah. a not just a uk thing <laughs> yeah. right i mean no, we, we no. see it all the time here and and anywhere you know i mean a lot of our friends have have had conversations around this uh, and just a lot of those uncomfortable situations mm-hmm. that end up arising that, uh, yeah, unfortunate that they happen, but yeah, yeah, very much. So, yeah. so what's the, what's the timeline on that? I, I don't, I don't know if you have one yet or not, but when, when can we be, will we be able to see safe? Yeah, well, we're hoping to shoot that in September. So in what you call fall or autumn, we call it, um, <laughs> September. And then we're hoping to get that moved quite quickly and i should imagine it will be ready for probably early 2023 um perfect i hope yeah if it all goes to plan i've seen on twitter that i i think uh you and debbie i think both posted on uh trying to get crowdfunding for this so i think there's a excuse me me. Uh, but there's a (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I just seen that there's a, a crowdfunding uh, crowdfunding uh, page up there. I don't know if you want to give our listeners what that page is, if you know what it is, or we can oh, try try sending some folks there. Yes, it's a Just Giving page, um, and it's there on my gram, and it's on Jackalaw Films Instagram, and it, it's also attached to my. I mean, you're still over my my Twitter account as well. Um, yeah, and we just we've had some incredible donations from some really cool. Uh, people like in our industry that are supporting us which is brilliant um and of course you know every penny helps it all helps get this film made but you know and the more the more that we can raise hopefully um 
you know the better quality film we can make um so yeah if anybody out there wants to find the just giving page for safe please do and donate thank you <laughs> very well, grateful I, I think what chad and i have found what chad and i have you know started to realize you know because we we really haven't jumped into the the independent film thing you know the film uh, side of this until fairly recently mm -hmm. And I didn't realize all the funding struggles that end up happening on a lot of these films. I know yeah. Paul was talking about, you know, running credit cards and self-funding, yeah. I think, on uh, Hungry Joe, right? Yeah. Uh, I know that y'all won a, <clears throat> a pitch contest for, yes. for Hollow, but, man, funding is, that's, that's like 90% of the battle right there on these things. Yeah, it can be really, really draining. And we're funding at the moment for our other show called When She Sings. Um, Paul was really lucky. We were really lucky with Hollow. We managed to get funding that. That was fully funded by the pitch. Um, but in the UK, the British independent film industry is just massively underfunded. There is just not enough to go around. Um, which, from what I hear, is very different to the rest of the world, who seem to really acknowledge independent films and really support it. And that's not to say that there isn't a support and an acknowledgement for it in the UK, but it's just not on the scale that it is in other parts of the world. That means that there are so many incredibly talented, like phenomenally talented people in our industry from you know, light guys to sound engineers to post-production to crew to actors that are consistently struggling to get films made um, and then therefore to, you know, be employed and to be paid properly, be paid what they should be paid. Um, and, and we just don't know what to do. I mean, we've got the BFI. And of course, they will help and support. But, you know, theirs is a very small pot for a very large... Uh, amount of projects that that need help and so they can pick and choose and they will pick and choose the projects that they feel are worthy that year and if you don't fit into that category then um then you don't fit into that category you have to find other ways to get your funding and with old windows the we did it ourselves so we all put our hands in our pockets and we earned the money and we got it made um and like we did with with hungry joe and, and like we have done already with When She Sings, we've got half of our funding privately. Um, yep. and, but we've got to a point where, like, you know, we, we're still guys trying to work. You know, we've still, still got to feed our families and keep a roof over, over our heads. So, you know, we, we need help with this because we just haven't got the rest of the, the funding. So we're looking at sponsorship as a different way of, you know, sort of connecting with people that might be interested in, in helping us. Um, and we'll see how that goes, but you know, fingers crossed. So it's difficult. So you talked a lot about the industry there and, and stuff. How how did you get into this? And what 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 made you decide to become an actor uh, and to get into this independent film world? What how did that come about? Was this hmm. <laughs> something you always wanted to do, or is it something that yeah just came about? I don't know. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've been wanting to act since I was like eleven years old. The first time I ever saw drama, like that wasn't on TV, was um I love TV. I mean so many actors I know that go, Oh, I don't watch television, no, I don't watch and I was thinking, really? How can you not watch TV? Yeah, you know, I, surely surely that's where it all started for you, T V and film. So 
When I was 11, we had this um, drama group, TIE, they call it, Theatre in Education, and they came into my hall and they performed this play. And I just remember sitting there on the floor in the hall, going, like the hall of the school, going, oh my God, that was amazing. Like, people do that for a job. What is it? It's acting. I want to do that. I got involved in it, like, there and then, love drama. And then when I was 15, I went off to a drama school called Anisher. And I did that for a couple of years, which was a, a kind of part-time after-school um, club for sort of underprivileged kids. And um, did that a while. And then life kind of took over. Um, 43, so I'm very old. But life took over and I ended up going off, getting married, having children and putting that kind of dream of wanting to be an actor to bed because it was really difficult. I couldn't afford to go to drama school. You know, where I came from, you got a job. You, you you left school, you went and got a job and you worked and that was it. And, you know, if you said you wanted to be an actor, people would kind of look at you and go, OK, that's nice. Well, go and do some amateur dramatics and get that out of your system and then um, get yourself down Sainsbury's and work. Sainsbury's is a supermarket in the UK. So it was just something that you didn't do. And then as I got old, my kids grew up. Um yeah something kind of clicked in me and I was like I can't I can't keep living like this because I just I, I have to do it and so I can't force myself to get back into it and um, cut a long really long story short I went off and retracked the Bristol Old Vic and did a one-year course there the Bristol Acting Academy um, came out of there managed to an agent and just decided that I would start from the ground up and just scratch my way to the surface and be really picky and choosy about the sort of work that I wanted to do. But of course, you learn along the way. You make mistakes and you do jobs and you think, oh, God, I don't want to do that. It was awful. That's not the sort of role I want to play or that's not the sort of director I want to work yeah. You know, and then you see the film and think, oh, Christ. You know, but along that journey, very early on in that journey, I um, saw a, a film character down for A Girl and Her Gun and it's directed by Paul Holbrook. I knew nothing of Paul, but I did the audition, got the role, and and that was my first kind of um, proper look into the world of independent film done properly. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. This is how it works. You can really get some great experience working with some incredible people. And it's all there. You've just got to put yourself out and do it. You know, so you did. I did a lot of films free, did a lot of work for nothing, did a lot of films for very small money. And then as time's gone on, I've got more and more experience and got a much better agent now. Um, it means that I'm in a better position to pick and choose, you know, work that I want to do. Um, and yeah, although I would like more. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, so so uh, Paul said something about uh he he said something about a movie about mermaids. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, a horror movie about mermaids. Is that are you going to be in that? Yeah, of course. Well, that's when she sings. Oh my! <laughs> that is awesome. I'm, I'm so excited for that movie, and, and I have so I, that was all I really know about it. But the, that that little line, that little uh, uh, teaser there that he threw in at the end of our interview, it's like I'm all I want to see that, and I would I'm I'm excited for you to be a part of that. It's are you going to be a mermaid or? Do you, well, you know, What's that? it's all psychological, you know. Is what you see real? Who knows? But, um, yeah, when she sees... So that's what we've partway funded and we're looking sponsors to try and get on board and help us get it finished because the script is nominal. And I'm not just saying that because I co-wrote it with Paul. But it was an idea that I had um, and I presented that idea to Paul and Paul's like, yeah, this has got legs. So we spent about 
Christ, we must have spent like six months um, picking it apart and rewriting it and doing draft after draft after draft. And we finally got it and we were like, yeah, we're happy with this. We've got to make it. Um, and, you know, thus far, we've managed to accrue the most incredible, again, the most incredible, talented crew, post-production people, music people that have jumped on board and gone, oh, you're making another film about that? Yeah, we weren't involved. Yeah, don't worry about, you know, this, that and the other. We're doing it. So, yeah, it's a really cool, um, quirky horror, psychological horror. It's not a slasher. It's nothing like that. It's all got what's going up here, which, let's be honest... The most horrific things happen in our minds. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Space in a small town, small town syndrome. A woman who finds herself pregnant, you know, a bit older in life, single, and um, she's dealing with these kind of repressed childhood memories that kind of manifest themselves into her obsession with mermaid mythology because she's living in this seaside town. Um, she's lost her mom and um, she's kind of fixated on the memory of her mom and this mermaid and it's all just a bit weird, um, but very British, very grounded in, yeah. in <laughs> That's what he said, very grounded and very British, but mermaids. And I'm, you know, that sounds like an oxymoron to me, but, but I, can't, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I'm so excited about it. Well, you won't, and I can promise you this, you won't see mermaids really and you won't you won't see any underwater shots <laughs> so yeah 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 yeah. everything it's not aquaman up, it's, all, it's all up here you know trickery so it's it's cool paul can sell it so much better than me he's so much more eloquent yeah right hey i i, I don't i don't know you, you just sold us on yeah, this yeah. so we're, we're excited here so <laughs> Uh, you know, you, you talked about co-writing that and, uh, and also I'd like to have a conversation about just, you, you know, you writing as well. So, uh, old, old windows, uh, I seen, uh, y'all are, uh, are winning awards and getting nominations, which is yeah. awesome. Uh, that, uh, that was a great little short. Um, how, how'd you jump into the writing side? Um, well, our windows came about because we were in lockdown, as we all were, with a lot of time on our hands, and character felt always felt really familiar to me. I grew up in in an area of East London, and this kind of character is someone that is very sort of prevalent to that area and that time and that place. You know, the kind of cafe kind of culture, and I I've been toying with a script that I'd had for a while and I kind of went back to it, just reworked it and yeah. And it and became old windows and I didn't do any treatment for it or anything. I just kind of straight from my head. I was just like this story and I'm just going to write it because, you know, it's just a two hander. It's in one location. It was quite easy. Um, and I sent it to Paul and I was really worried about what I was going to think because, you know, I'd sent things to Paul before and he's like, yeah, that's really great law, but just, uh, yeah. We won't worry about that on this occasion. Um, I was like, ah, no, but he liked it and he got it and he got the whole nostalgia of it and, you know, what what was actually going on. Because it's really, you know, what is with Old Windows is there's two conversations in at the same time. You've got your very audible, superficial conversation, which is a guy about cakes in a cafe actually there's a whole other conversation that's being beneath the surface you know your subtext um and so how you put that on a page 
um, is quite difficult because a lot of that is is in the performance and that's in the actor giving that subtext um yeah so you know, you said you said that earlier. You know about uh, sometimes on the on the acting piece, it's not you know what you're saying; it's just what's happening. And I noticed that in old windows uh, and a couple different times where you have that little bit of silence in there that uh, that you know that just kind of recognize what's going on, or maybe there's some facial features that are that are happening. And I just thought that was really powerful to bring that bring that whole story together. Right? It, it made it more emotional, I guess, uh, as you're as you're watching that. Yeah, I love that, don't you? Because it's the silences that make you lean in like that. Yeah, some of the some of the best movies that that I've seen are are those interactions like that. That you know, I think of No Country for Old Men when they have that scene at the the gas station or whatever. Like, I just <laughs> I love those just awkward awkward conversations that 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 I don't know. I I I I, I love the dialogue. So that's a that's a big thing for me. Yeah. Um, Thank you. One of so I just mentioned in uh, No Country for Old Men. One thing I always like to ask uh, guests on our show is, is what, if you had to choose one movie, what would be one movie to recommend to anybody that says you have to watch this movie? Maybe it's your favorite movie. Maybe it's something that just, just stands out to you or whatever. But what is one movie you'd say, this is the one, you got to watch this movie? Oh, my God. Um, what do I say? Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I love Forrest Gump. I really do. That's probably oh. one of my all-time favorite films. And Gladiator That's a name well. drop. I love Gladiator. Oh, oh Gladiator. See, Gladiator's like, more my style. I love Gladiator. So I got to say, Forrest Gump is always on my, my list of my favorite movies because I think single-handedly, I think it has the greatest soundtrack that's ever been put out. Definitely. Like in any movie. That's, I'd say Top Gun, but that's me. I don't know. That's, it's just, <laughs> that's, that's where my, that's where my yeah. thought is. I think the soundtrack of Forrest Gump is one of the yeah. best. So. You can go your own way. I mean, oh, now <laughs> of Forrest running with his Nike trainers on. And his long hair, and yeah, yeah, I love it. I actually, they, they, sorry, interrupt. They, they said that they had to, they had to get his brother actually to go in to do his his doubles on that one because nobody could 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 manifest that weird run that he has when he's doing that running scene. I love that. That is, that is brilliant. Oh, and the yeah. other film I absolutely love, and it's ridiculous and stupid, but I just love it if I'm feeling like oh, I need a laugh. Is Will Ferrell's um, Eurovision? fire saga if you haven't seen it please watch it i don't know what you think of will ferrell i, think I have that's like a netflix that came out like during COVID or something like that oh it was like God. a netflix release or something like that now you see eurovision that's very underrated film very underrated but i think it's going to be the new elf as in it will go under the radar and then people will just go oh my god why have i not seen this film right so in the uk ah. eurovision is huge we love it and Apparently, I think no Will, Will's got a, a, a Swedish wife or something. But anyway, he's got on board with it and he's gone, I'm going to make a film about the Eurovision. And he really has. He's just nailed it. And it's so funny. So stupid. But I love it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I, it, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Like uh, Kayla and I watched it. And it was it was just surprising that it's like, OK, that was awesome. Like <laughs> very. And it, there's a lot of different emotions in it. There's, you know, it wasn't just like a on the surface type of thing. It's great. It's a great movie. Will Ferrell is an absolute genius. That's what it boils down to. He's an absolute <laughs> genius yeah. and the, the, uh, he's unparalleled. He Even can make Brian anything Cranston, good. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, well, Laura, I just want to say thank you for, uh, for taking time and coming over here to our, uh, our little podcast here. This has been an amazing conversation getting to know you 
know your work. Uh, and and like I told uh, Paul, uh, y- you have two big fans over across uh, across the ocean here. So uh, we look forward to everything that uh, that y'all put out. Oh, thank you very much, and thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, totally, totally our pleasure. Well, well, hopefully we can get you talked into uh, coming back and talking to us when uh, when the when the mermaid uh, movie comes out. <laughs> yeah, or or safe too, because I'd like to I'd like to review that one and, and talk about that one as well yeah, sometimes. Absolutely. So for sure. Oh, thank you so much. That honestly, that's would be absolutely brilliant, and I'd be honoured. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, well, thanks again. So this has been a been a wonderful conversation. All right then. Thank you very much. Bye. Are we saying bye now? See you, Laura. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> well, Chad, now that we, you know, ran and, and changed our attire back to what it was during the intro. Absolutely. And you know, you know what? I feel much better without all that facial hair that I had to wear for the whole thing. <laughs> Me it's, too. Yeah, Me thanks too. for boosting, boosting the uh, the budget for this film, <laughs> for this this interview so that we could do that. Well, I got to tell you, that was just an absolute awesome uh, interview with Laura. Uh, just going through just some of her inspirations, all the different, uh, you know, ins and outs of, of being an actor. Correct, and I can't wait to have Laura back on because I'd like to talk about uh, I'd like to talk about Safe, and, absolutely. And what what was the name of the new movie she's told it or we th- found out right now? Yeah, I think uh, the Mermaid movie that you're yes, really excited about yes. is uh, When She Sings. I when think they're sings. actually uh, looking awesome uh, title for a, for a, a mermaid movie. Yeah, so. they're actually trying to get uh, I think trying to get budget for that right now. So, okay, uh, so anyway, and Safe. Uh, I uh, actually, since this is a little bit delayed, uh, outro versus uh, yeah. when we did this. Uh, we, also, we also switched our uh, our uh, coffees out for scotches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, they actually ended up hitting a hundred percent of their budget for Perfect. Safe. So, uh, so that'll get out there and, uh, for the world to see as well. So, yeah, really absolutely. excited. So, well, with that, the credits are rolling. The lights are coming on, and that's the end of the show.